the TNT Shop has great gift ideas for your furry family member. And we don't mean your Aunt Dolores. You stink! The TNT Shop has it all at tntradio.live. You're with Charlie Robinson on today's News Talk TNT Radio. From the Rocky Mountains of Denver, Colorado, my name is Charlie Robinson. Thanks for hanging out with me for the next hour. If you want to connect with me, you can do so via email, charlierobinson at tntradio.live. You can go to my brand new website and find all the information about the books I've written and the podcasts I do at macroaggressions.io. You can follow me on Twitter at macroaggressions. Let's start, shall we, with the headlines for today, Thursday, January 4th, 2024. This from Fox News. Florida Surgeon General calls for halt to COVID-19 vaccine usage after FDA said he spread misinformation. Oh, you love to see the Surgeon Generals fighting with each other. I always thought that the it was funny that they called them generals and they were never on the battlefield. Well, maybe the new battlefield is in the media fighting against each other. But by the way, the the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, is a criminal enterprise operating inside the United States. And I'd like to remind the viewing public that the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control, gets $5 billion a year from the uh, vaccine license patents that they own. And they, of course, are the ones that set the vaccine schedule. No conflict of interest there or anything. Also, spot container rates surge by 173% due to Red Sea disruptions. This scenario is one of the more likely triggers for kicking off a collapse of the global empire. Insurance is a, a player in this, shipping. Um, it's going to be a rough 2024 in the region. Keep your eyes on this uh, area, the Gulf of Aden in particular. Also from Gateway Pundit. Nikki Haley has a World Economic Forum problem. She's every bit the globalist we expected. Yeah. Is this a surprise to anybody? This isn't breaking news, right? She's a World Economic Forum young global leader. She was installed in 2011 with the, along with Dana Perino. Remember her? She was the, the press secretary who was better at lying than the um, sugar bear, our current one, but uh, but just did it with a different flavor from the Bush administration. She was lying to cover up Iraq wars, whereas Biden is lying to cover up, you know, Ukraine and everything there. Uh, yeah, it's hard to uh, leave Congress admittedly broke and then buy yourself a multi-million dollar house just a few years later, unless, of course, your next job after Congress was to become a board of director member at Boeing, which, of course, Nikki Haley did. That is when she wasn't the U.S. ambassador to the United Nations. So, yes, we do have a globalist problem that was pretty much cemented the minute Nikki Haley took that position as the U.S. ambassador to the United Nations. And finally, from Zero Hedge. <laughs> this is, <laughs> this is a, a headline that's kind of funny to read. Bill Clinton, Stephen Hawking, Adam Orgy, and Michael Jackson. Here's who's in unsealed Epstein docs so far. Well, I'll be honest with you. There's no real surprises in this list, at least not yet. It, not, not, not from my vantage point here. Um, these names have been out here for a while. You can read Whitney Webb's book, One Nation Under Blackmail, Volume 2. You'll find a detailed breakdown 
of what exactly was going on with uh, the Epstein situation. Uh, Bill Clinton's on the list. Prince Andrew is on the list. Alan Dershowitz on the list. Glenn and uh, Glenn Dubbin is on the list. Stephen Hawking is on the list. Gross. And Al Gore and other grifters such as Bill Rich Richardson. Of course, he's dead now, but he was governor of New Mexico and he has deep ties into Epstein's other property, Zorro Ranch, that was there. And if you want to go down a rabbit hole, go look up Zorro Ranch. Kevin Spacey's on the list. Also, Tom Pritzker. You may know Tom Pritzker. His brother is the governor of Illinois. His brother, sister? I forget. They've transitioned, so it's hard to tell. One of them is transitioned and is very much involved in financing the transition medical industry complex. And um, the Pritzker family is knee-deep in all of this. They have been from the beginning. Tom Pritzker, uh, Aspen Institute, one of the, he's the chairman and CEO of Hyatt Hotels. So uh, just understand, this isn't breaking news. This is something that's been going on for a long, long time. Jeffrey Epstein was running a brownstone operation on behalf of the CIA, MI6, and also the Israeli Mossad, much in the same way that Robert Maxwell, Ghislaine's father, was running operations for MI6, the Israeli Mossad, and of course, um, the Russians. So this is uh, not a real surprise. We'll see. I'll let you know when some of the names uh, catch me off guard. Trump got a pass on this one. He knew, he knew Epstein. There's videos of him knowing him. There's videos of them interacting with one another. So I'm not going to say that Donald Trump wasn't an acquaintance of his, but they got into a dispute about property in Palm Beach years before Epstein was, um, I think before he was incarcerated, definitely before he was dead. Dead? Question mark? Dot, dot, dot. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Um, all I know is that it's nice to have the general public finally discussing these things because we in the alternative media have been talking about this for a very long time. And we've been called tinfoil hat wearing conspiracy theorists for introducing the concept of sexual blackmail entrapment rings. And I'm just telling you, Jeffrey Epstein isn't the biggest fish in this. He was just running the East Coast franchise. Hey, if you missed your favorite TNT radio show or interview, simply listen back when you want, whenever you want. Just visit episodes on the TNT radio website. We are also on all major podcast platforms, including Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart, Podbeam, Amazon, and TuneIn. Now, there is no reason to miss out on anything on TNT. Bringing you a worldview. I like to hear what's going on around the world. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Container freight rates are surging as attacks by Yemen-based Houthi rebels on cargo ships in the Red Sea have forced shipping giants to send vessels around Af southern Africa's Cape of Good Hope. Here with the story, joining me now is TNT News producer Adam Clark, a.k.a. Ruckus. Well, I'm glad you brought this one up. This is a super important headline and we need to discuss it. What have you found about the situation that's happening in the Gulf of Aden with these shipping containers? Well, let's do a quick backstory, set the, set the stage as it were. So um, a lot of the world's economic crisis in recent years have actually been about supply chains. Um, the pandemic lockdowns, the war in Ukraine, an overall surge in global inflation have all impacted or were impacted by the flow of global trade and many myriad moving parts that keep it all 
going uh, as 2023 has now turned into 2024. A new threat to the global supply chains has emerged in the Red Sea. The world's largest container shipping companies have been pausing, suspending, or even rerouting um, because of all this in the area because of the increasing number of attacks on ships there by Iran-backed Houthi rebels operating out of Yemen. Any hope of some New Year's respite was shattered on January 1st when Iran sent a warship to the Red Sea after the U.S. Navy had destroyed three Houthi boats there a day earlier. So um, I think the U.S. claimed they shot down those boats in self-defense. But that's basically where we are. I think the oil prices just jumped up by 2%, more than 2% on Tuesday. And now we have this report from Reuters talking about the shipping container costs, the rates of moving these things around. This is going to have a huge ripple effect. Um, according to data tracked by the international shipping marketplace Freytos, Asia to North Europe rates have more than doubled to over $4,000 per 40-foot container this week, while prices for Asia to Mediterranean shipping have climbed to $5,175, speaking U.S. dollars here. Some carriers have announced rates above $6,000 per 40-foot container for Mediterranean shipments starting mid-month and surcharges of $500 to as much as $2,700 per container could make all-in prices even higher. That's according to Judah Levine. That's Freitos' head of research. Uh, at least all of this is cited by uh, Reuters. The price leap is attributed to attacks carried out by Yemen-based Houthi militants across a key artery leading to the Suez Canal and have so far forced global shipping majors to send cargo ships on the long journey around Africa. The prolonged voyages last up to 20 days or more, or, or sorry, they add uh, an extra 20 days to what would normally happen, and they're leading to a shortage of container ships. Here we go again. Uh, Christian Sir, Executive Vice President for Ocean Freight at Unique Logistics, told Reuters, quote, people desperate to get space on ships are going to pay, end quote. It's going to cost you, buddy. Freight, freight rates for freight rates. Why is that hard to say? For shipping to North American ports have been less affected, but have also risen. Rates for shipments from Asia to North America's east coast have surged 55% to $3,900 per 40-foot container, while West Coast prices have soared 63% to over $2,700 ahead of expected cargo diversions in order to avoid Red Sea-related issues, according to Levine. Uh, and as I mentioned on Tuesday, U.S. Central Command uh, said a U.S. destroyer on patrol in the Red Sea shot down Oh, this is in addition. I'm sorry. This is new, new conflict stuff. I apologize. They shot down two ballistic missiles fired from Houthi-controlled areas of Yemen while it was responding to a report that a commercial vessel had been struck by a missile. So things are getting hot, 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 Charlie, in the Red Sea, and uh, it's going to wind up costing the global economy and you and me a pretty penny. Uh, what do you think about this? Yeah, I covered this on my macroaggressions. Uh, should we be concerned about 2024 episode. And one of the things I brought up was that there were a couple of terms that were going to be forced into the public lexicon in the year 2024, Gulf of Aden, Red Seas, and Houthi. <laughs> and uh, I didn't expect for it to happen maybe all this quickly, but um, 
the, this is this is a concern of uh, supply chain uh, as it affects global politics. You would like to think that they were separated, but when you're talking about oil and you're talking about this region in particular, and you make it a little bit more dangerous than it normally is, it really comes down to a very boring decision. And it is made by the insurance companies. The insurance companies just look at this and they go, mm -mm, we're not interested. We will not insure your ships to go that direction. So you are going to be forced to reroute. Or if we do take a, a, agree to the insurance uh, uh, to, to insure your ship for this route, well, we're going to make it so expensive and cost prohibitive that you give it a second thought. So I think that if people are interested in following this in the next couple of months to see where things play out, what you'd really want to do is you'd want to look at something called the Baltic Dry Index. And that is a, um, it's an index London-based and, and it calculates the going international shipping rate for cargo. And if you take a look at that, and when you you can make some decisions based on, on what that dry index is looking like, and it'll give you rates on, on shipping. And we're going to see shipping go through the roof here. And, and, it, and it starts with oil as you, and then it expands to container ships, like you mentioned. So, so if you've got um, a dangerous region uh, in the Red Sea, in the Gulf of Aden, and the Houthis have decided and have made it quite clear, we're going to fire upon any ships that are headed to or from Israel. They let the other ships go. They weren't interested in them. They specifically wanted the Israeli flagged ships. And um, and when that happens, then you get supply chain disruptions. When you get supply chain disruptions in the Middle East, when it has to do with oil, you get oil price spikes. So I don't know, Ruckus, I get, I get nervous when um, I see that there is a justification for the oil companies to raise the prices. You know, they'd always love to, but now they have the pretext and the reason, and they can say, hey, this isn't us here in um, in Riyadh making this decision. This is this is just based on shipping, right? This is how we're going to uh, create the justification to take that oil up above $100 a barrel. Is that where we're headed, Ruckus? Oh, I hope not. Well, I mean, probably, unfortunately, this is one of those old school, like conservative, like warnings. Like if we hit like the high price of the oil barrels, it affects everything. I mean, I was about to say, like somebody listening to this story might be like, oh, well, that's fine. As long as it doesn't make my food more expensive. Oh, well, guess what? It will do exactly that because that's how the world works, kiddos. Uh, we need gas to transport everything around the world as well as inside the United States. Just ask a trucker where your food comes from, they know, uh, and they need gas to get it to you, right? And it's going to cost you, as I said. This literally affects everything. The ripple effects are ridiculous. And we still have not even come close, not even close, Charlie, to um, recouping, as it were, from the pandemic lockdowns. So, I mean, this is this is insane. This is like multiple tsunamis on top of tsunamis. And we're just, it looks like we're going to ultimately pay a high price for everything at the end of the day here in 2024. Yeah. And well, listen, if the uh, Red Sea doesn't get you, then the Strait of Taiwan will, because 50% of the cargo leaving Asia goes through that strait. And of course, we know what the Biden administration thinks of that relationship. Thanks, Ruckus. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a great day. Thank you, Senor. We'll see you then. All right. Well, when we come back on the other side of the break, we'll be with Chris Yannick. You can catch AM Wake Up. Uh, every single morning, Monday through Friday, over there on the Rockfin. This 
is TNT Radio. TNT Radio's Joe Hoff. Just a terrible situation there, and Biden was behind it, pushing these arms, pushing billions of dollars over there. We don't know where that money went. I'll bet you money. I'll bet you a huge percent uh, went. I bet you more than fifty percent didn't go to the uh, to the people or to the war. Uh, it went to people's pockets, kind of like what we have in in uh, Palestine. Uh, with the U.S. since since well under Biden, uh, Trump shut this down. Thank God. But under Biden, Obama, they started sending billions over to uh, that part of the world. These people are, have been after Israel forever and, and uh, supported by Iran and billions of dollars going their way and uh, to help them, uh, you know, basically uh, create chaos in the Middle East, terrorism. And, and we saw what happened earlier this year, about a month ago, uh, the two one attack in Israel and the death and destruction, rape and kidnapping, more than 240 people kidnapped. Joe Hoft on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Radio works because of its ability to personalize to the listener. What's exciting these days is that people are rediscovering it. You know, people are really rediscovering just how powerful radio is, how ubiquitous it is. It's in our cars, it's in our homes. There are so many new ways to access it. It's everywhere. To find out more, go to tntradio.live. At the top of the hour, we'll keep on top of the news. It's the most important thing we can do. On today's News Talk, TNT Radio. My first guest is the host of Rained Out Rantcast and the co-host of AM Wake Up, a show so good that uh, it makes you feel like you're living in the future, ladies and gentlemen. Chris Yannick. Good to see you again, Chris. How are you? I heard you guys talking. I heard you guys talking about Epstein and I said, oh boy, I got to have you on here. The magic list has been revealed, but are you as, I don't know, uh, unfulfilled as I am with some of the names on the list that we've been talking about for, oh, I don't know, the last three or four years? Well, we knew the names. It's just like, I guess there's some more details into it. Uh, like Dershowitz and Epstein. uh, You know, I didn't know. I I don't know if other people knew, you know, Epstein would force underage girls to have sex with him. I didn't know that detail. I knew he was mentioned multiple times, but as far as that, them type of details. And now, you know, there's like misinformation being mixed in with it going on with like, uh, I seen the Stephen Hawking thing where uh, supposedly he was into midgets who can't reach a chalkboard or something, which that's uh, some sort of uh, fake thing that's going, it's yeah. making its rounds. It just adds into their bag to use the misinformation against us when they need to shut down the communications, basically. Well, they said that Stephen Hawking was was at an orgy. I, I, I yeah. don't... I don't need and I don't really want to paint too graphic of a picture, but I will just say that I remember Stephen Hawking being confined to a wheelchair for, you know, since he yeah, wrote the a brief orgy thing. Of time. <laughs> Maybe, you know, he was there watching the midget thing, though. I seen a thing going around where something about, you know, he was in the midgets solving equations on a half-size chalkboard or a chalkboard. No, he wasn't. Yeah, something like that, but it's fake <laughs> and it's making its rounds and uh, I like I just seen one of those uh, GIF is that how you say it? The G GIFs? Yeah. Of, uh, you know, of someone in a wheelchair spinning around a little caution thing 
It says Epstein party. <laughs> Epstein well, says midgets are there, and here comes Stephen Hawking. But we know this tactic. We know this, uh, you know, to to take actual, real, mm -hmm. relevant information and then insert some component of it that's nonsense, and then have everybody latch on to the the main story in can you know in, in addition to the nonsense and start to tout that, and then wait a couple of weeks, maybe a month. And then rug pull the information and say, see, there was no midget component to this. This is all nonsense. And along with the Dershowitz stuff, which is more than likely true, and and all of the, you know, the Glenn Dubbin and the Prince Andrew and the Bill Clinton. You know, so it's if yep. part of this story is fake, then isn't it reasonable to think that the entire story is fake, right, Chris? Is that how they they're gonna try and pull this one over well, i mean there's people who have that thought pro well if they lie once you know and yeah i mean you you start spreading these things around that become like the like not a main talking point but big enough that then the mainstream media can take something like that and then turn it around and go oh this is what's being spread i mean alan dershowitz on tv you know saying he wants you know a list of the feminists who aren't who are supporting Hamas, you know, because they're calling him out for allegedly, you know, being <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein, having women or girls have sex with him, you know, like yeah. it's, uh, it's, and then just what, maybe an hour ago, there was a school shooting in my home state of Iowa. Right. Right. So right now, Twitter's being flooded with a TikTok that's supposedly the dude who did it. And it's got a little rainbow flag and trans stuff in it. Now that's running crazy right now, but I, you know, is that, is that something that's going to end up being like, oh, that's not actually who it was and it's going to turn out yeah. being something else. And it's just, it gets flooded out there because this isn't something released by the mainstream media right now. It was released by the mainstream alternative media media the man yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's it's going wild right now so if you have the epstein thing and, and you're convoluting it with you know like this midget stuff and stuff yep. that's not true and now of course there's a school shooting that just went on this morning uh and if that ends up not being the right profile or something like that you know it's just more to fuel to add to the restrict act and control of uh, the information and you know yeah. helping uh nikki haley get her way and you, first day you, as president you, iding everybody yeah of course you can feel you can almost feel the the process to playing out and you know they're going to um create an event get people to be incorrect about it rush to judgment incorrect about it and then say listen we've got to put a stop to all this stuff i mean if only we had an internet id then we would know who all of these uh troll accounts these anonymous accounts are online that are spreading all this disinformation whether it be about epstein whether it be about um you know or Stephen Hawking, or it's about this oh. new shooting that happened today, or the shooting that's going to happen a week from now. We know how how this will be. Yeah. Uh, the the story will flood out quickly, and then they'll they'll have to there'll be some adjustments to it. And the next thing you know, it'll 
it'll be the justification to clamp down on on free speech because you guys keep getting it wrong out there on Twitter and we can't allow you. This is guy we can't have this place be a a bastion for misinformation and disinformation, right? I mean, it feels like so almost like you can see the play before it happens. Yeah, because they're just using the same playbook like repeated um because like people have pointed out right before covid and the pandemic and lockdowns we had the epstein news then and it's playing the same way we're in an election cycle start kick off the new year with a school shooting yes you know uh i'm surprised that they're not on the tv saying oh this is already the 90th school shooting this year of the year yeah because usually that's what's (laughs) up you know uh they've got some wild statistic uh but it seems i don't know the details of that i I just seen it before i got on here that this happened uh outside of des moines and uh because the twitter's flooded with this tiktok so It'll be corrupted. We know that. We we understand that that, that they'll get a hold of uh, you know the, the information that comes out. It's funny when whenever you have these shootings, and, and I'm not wishing for them, obviously, but when you do have them and you analyze them, the first twelve to twenty four hours is the best opportunity to get some really good information. Then after that, after the media takes a takes a turn uh, with it, then it starts to get degraded and things, stories start to disappear. People that had been interviewed early on and, and, and told a story that turns out to conflict with the official narrative, those interviews tend to disappear. Those people are never brought back into to talk about this. So we see a very predictable pattern, but I'll tell you what, well, let's get, we'll get into more of this. Let's get into more Epstein stuff on the other side of the break. Let's do it. Let's dip out for a quick TNT one minute news break. We'll be back with Chris Yannick from Rained Out Rantcast. Check this out. Now, TNT Radio News. Can you say News. For TNT, this is James O'Neill. Newly unsealed court documents have cast former President Bill Clinton in a significant role concerning Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell. Contrary to Clinton's previous assertions of a purely professional relationship with Epstein, aimed at supporting the Clinton Foundation, the documents suggest a more personal connection. In November, a U.S. Air Force CV-22B Osprey crashed off Japan's coast, resulting in the tragic deaths of eight airmen. Recently, the Air Force successfully retrieved the aircraft's black box. On air and on the app. I listen on the app. Stay up to date around the clock. I listen, therefore I know. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. We're back with Chris from AM Wake Up and Rained Out Rantcast. Let's pick up where the news break kind of took us and talk a little bit about Bill Clinton and his relationship with Jeffrey Epstein. Because Mark Middleton, who was not even his chief of staff, just like a, a, a guy in the, in the Clinton White House who would facilitate these trips that Jeffrey Epstein was making back in 1995 to the yep. Clinton White House. I think he was there 17 different times he made those trips. And on 16 different occasions, it was Mark Middleton that walked him into the to the White House and facilitated this whole meeting. And then what do we have a year or so ago? Mark Middleton winds up dead, hanging from a rope with a, 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 a allegedly hanging himself, but also with a shotgun blast to the chest that was ruled a suicide, even though the murder weapon wasn't even 
at the scene. So what is the relationship between Bill Clinton and Jeffrey Epstein in actuality? Do we know? The, 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 the relationship with them? Yeah. Yeah, I know. I mean, like, some of the stuff that came out says, uh, you know, Clinton, uh, he likes them young. Yeah. You know, some of the details coming out. Like I, like I said, I mean, I know, I'm sure Whitney Webb's covered most of all this, right? She's written <laughs> multi, extensive books on this. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, the with with that that guy uh, being found, you know, Clinton's what is it, Arkansas? or Clinton? Arkansas, yes, yeah, uh, yeah, Arkansas. I mean, it's like uh, finding out about the is it Andy or Andrew? What is it here? Andrew Card? No, it's Stewart. Oh, it's uh, Stewart. Is it Andrew Stewart? The yeah, Andrew Stewart, the uh, chef buddy of Epstein, who was found dead on, in April, and he was supposed to testify. And then you find yeah. out about like Jimmy Kimmel, because you know Aaron Rodgers brought up Jimmy Kimmel, and yep. you know, like he's best friends with that Lang, who is Epstein's chef. I'm assuming yes. Andrew Stewart was like a chef as well as a personal chef. And then you, you know, you look at the Obama chef, yeah. the Clinton chef who drowned in a puddle on a hike. And it's like, wow, these chefs, these chefs hold all the secrets. Yeah, they do. Right. Cause I mean, they're with them all the time and you see, yeah, I mean, it, that was so, I didn't, I didn't know about this, this Andrew Stewart guy. I, uh, found that out from uh cancel clothing I forgot his. I forgot his Twitter again. Yeah, Canceled it's listen. It's it's a it, being in the culinary business in the White House is a dangerous gig. It turns out, you know, because you yeah, you see things like, you're not supposed to see. You know, you bring the late night snacks up to the to the office, and uh, I mean, you're making you the food people for the parties and all that. You know, so yeah. like, yeah, I yeah, I mean that Lang was named. You know, but he's a co-conspirator because he's he's serving guests he's serving underage girls he's serving you know they don't they can't do this with a blindfold i don't think maybe donald trump really was playing 4d chess when he brought in all that mcdonald's from outside you know he knew he didn't want to have a a, a chef in there that was going to know all his dirty little secrets. <laughs> so yeah he's, boy this is this is this is crazy and 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 to stick with trump for just a little bit you know, there, there's a segment of the viewing audience that really wants Trump to be Jeffrey Epstein's co-pilot on the Lolita yeah. Express. You know what I mean? They want him. They want him as deeply involved in this as possible. It turns out, really, these guys knew each other, but they were just rich guys fighting over land in Palm Beach, and they had some sort of acquaintances, and they had him at Mar-a-Lago, and, and, and apparently Epstein was trying to, you know, the story, the word on the street is that Epstein was trying to pick up on some of the girls that were there that were like the daughters of members of the club. That's obviously bad form and probably illegal too, but, but th there was this, there was a, a, a relationship, but it wasn't a good one, right? Is that what you hear? Or have you heard 
anything to the contrary that puts Trump a little bit closer to this than um, than his followers would like to believe. No, I mean, even what came out, you know, last night uh, is basically that I guess he flew on the plane, what, twice? He had his kids with them, kind of the RFK story. That's another yeah. one that's, uh, I, I, the RFK thing um, is, for one, he omitted that he was on the plane twice because he, he did the interview with Newsweek, said, yeah, I was on the plane. And then Jesse Waters asked him, he was on the, he, he says, he, then he says he was on the plane twice throws his dead wife under the bus basically and then you're like wait the wife that's dead who was found hung was friends with Jelaine Maxwell like wait what and then to omit like Epstein was on the plane with him right when they went to go find bones in South Dakota and on the way back they landed in Chicago and sat there for a couple hours because some woman met epstein on the tarmac epstein left rfk jr and his kids and his girlfriend at the time on the plane for hours while he was gone with this chick and then he comes back and they flew back home that's, that's very unusual i'd like to there's an there's an interesting component about this airplane that he flew in the 727 no nicknamed the lolita express now epstein had multiple planes some of them were gulf streams but he had this seemingly old plane it's a 50 year old plane they were built in the early 70s but the interesting component of the 727 is that it has a rear deploying staircase that can actually be deployed mid-flight as long as you're below 10,000 feet it won't mess with the pressurization of the cabin so there's a it's it, it these were the planes that the cia used to like these were the these were the the Air America planes that the CIA used to like to steal and use to drop cargo and 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 whatever whatever you want to drop out of the back of it right so when I see this airplane winding up in in the possession of guys like uh, Jeffrey Epstein and also Donald Trump had one as well for the record it makes me a little bit nervous because something tells me that um, he kept the fifty year old plane even though he had newer more expensive planes for a very specific reason and so i get nervous when i hear stories of of people going missing or when i see uh, the flight logs where it just said it's very obscure two girls one girl one woman you know name no names or anything like that it uh boy i hate to put my little tinfoil hat on chris but like I wish these people would stop giving me reasons to, right? Yeah, that's like, uh, that reminds me of the, it's a, like a D.B. Cooper plane. That's how he got yeah. out, right? The drop and stairs. Yeah, it's the, it's, the, it's the same plane. Yeah, mm -hmm. man. That's, uh, that's very interesting. Yeah. Them, wow. uh, them getting rid of people and or things. People and or things. Well, I'll tell you what. I I always talk about your the show that you and Steve are doing. AM Wake Up. I think it's great. I always joke that it's uh, your logo should be a DeLorean because you guys are reporting on things. It's like you're in the future about uh, twelve to eighteen months. So, uh, what do you guys have cooking for um, for AM Wake Up coming up? Who's coming? Uh, I don't know who's scheduled for this week coming up. Uh... Steve usually is on top of that stuff. 
I know he's got his White Phillip show tomorrow, and uh, I got my show on Sundays on the freeworld.fm. Well, right on. But uh, so uh, hopefully we, we get quite a few uh, newer guests uh, this year. I well, put, I love what you guys are doing real. over there. It's so much fun. It's like the, t you know how it's like the Today Show that goes for three hours and you've got like yeah. Hoda and Kathy Lee are drunk by the, by the final hour. I feel like that you guys should, it should be called the Tomorrow Show with you guys because you guys are talking about things that are, that haven't even happened yet. That's Chris Yannick, everybody. Go check out his, you can go find him at raindoutrantcast.com. Support his show. Go check out AM Wake Up as well. Uh, we'll be back on the other side of this break with Sal Greco. This is TNT. De-weaponizing weather with reality and perspective. Well, Happy New Year, everyone. And my compare, Mark Morano, who I absolutely love watching and listening to with his views on climate, has come up with his top four climate hypocrites. Number four, King Charles. Now, Every time I see this guy talk, I'm thinking about Monty Python and the upper class twit of the year skit. Watch it and you'll see what I'm talking about. In any case, number three is the COP28 Climate Summit itself. Now, I think Mark could have done better than that. He could have given it to someone. For instance, why not Al Gore? All right. But he assigned the entire climate summit. I mean, it's, it's his game so he can take his ball and do what he wants. I would have given Al Gore the nod. <laughs> number two is Bill Gates. And the number one, climate hypocrite. You know him, you love him or hate him. That's right, the man who threw away the medals and yet somehow shows up with them all the time. None other than John Kerry. So congratulations, if that's what you want to call medals. And yet somehow shows up with them all the time. None other than John Kerry. So congratulations, if that's what you want to call it, to all you climate hypocrites out there. And Mark, another great job. This is TNT Climate and Weather Watchdog meteorologist Joe Bastardi asking you to enjoy the weather. It's the only weather you got. Hi, I'm Susan Lucci. I never thought about heart disease until I had my own heart event. I had a 90% blockage in my main artery and a 75% blockage in the adjacent artery. I received two stents in my arteries, stents developed through research funded by the American Heart Association. Those stents saved my life. Learn more about the American Heart Association's life-saving work at helpheart.org. Today's conversation, Charlie Robinson on today's News Talk, TNT Radio, TNT Radio. My next guest is a former NYPD police officer who has had the misfortune of going up against the system because of the friends that he has. Ladies and gentlemen, Sal Greco, great to meet you, Sal. How are you? It's an honor to be here, Charles, and, uh, you know, it's nice to finally meet you, and uh, yeah, unfortunately, I, I was—I've been victimized for uh, guilt by association. Yeah, with our, with our, uh, with with the uh, Roger Stone of all people. I like Roger Stone. I think he's a funny guy. I know he's kind of a cartoon character. Um, I've had him on my group show before. He was nice enough to make some time for us. And and it turns out that you have committed the cardinal sin of being friends with a guy that the Empire has decided is uh, no bueno. So can you tell yeah. us a little bit about how this whole thing has has taken place because you were a, a, an NYPD cop in good standing as far as my research shows with no issues. And then you wound up becoming friends with somebody that they didn't really care for too much. 
And then the next thing you know, they throw the legal system in your face. What happened with this whole thing? Yeah, so I was a 14-year veteran in the NYPD. I had an unblemished record, uh, 50 medals, numerous awards. And uh, someone there became irked that I was a, a friend of Roger Stone. So what they did was uh, they investigated me. They put me through two interrogations. Um, somebody wrote two letters, one stating that I was his security, and another one that stated that I wanted to overthrow the government, I, like something to that degree, which is ridiculous. And uh, they interrogated me twice. They used illegal subpoenas. Um, they stated that I was on narcotics and then admitted that I wasn't. I mean, I've never taken a drug in my life that's not, you know, that wasn't legal. So uh, we we went through two. We went through a department trial because I I fought my charges that they charged me with. And and the New York City Police Department trials. There's a patrol guide, and the patrol guide governs every rank in the NYPD and also every officer and civilian member, and it governs. By, by their rules. Everyone has to follow these rules, including the police commissioner. And one rule in there in particular states that you cannot wrongfully or knowingly associate with someone who is likely to have engaged in or reasonably believed to have engaged in criminal activity, i.e. they're stating Roger Stone because, uh, you know, I don't know, I guess they don't like political uh, operatives. So uh, I went to I went through my department trial. They railroaded me there. They found me guilty of four out of five things they charged me with, which is the main point was was this one. Uh, then I uh, I I uh, put legal action against them immediately. And uh, a couple of months later, <laughs> a couple of months later, at the New York City Police uh, Academy, they invite Cardi B, who's a known criminal into the facility and she's hobnobbing with everybody and they're right there they're all associating with a criminal and, and she was invited there uh so i amended my complaint uh they filed a motion to dismiss the judge saw through that and now very recently uh charles I, so these guys this whole time every police commissioner of the last three in their administration has been hanging out with this guy in the Bronx. He's a self-admitted criminal, and now I've found, come to find out he's a known mob associate. His name is Jimmy Rodriguez. He owned a place in the Bronx that was infamous called Jimmy's Cafe, and it was nothing but shootings and uh, murders and drug deals going on there. I mean, Fat Joe, all these kind of rappers were there, and uh, he owns this place, or we thought he owned this place, called Con Sofrito. I mean, he's always there. And his LinkedIn, he says he's the creator. But the actual owner of this place is the police commissioner's brother, Richie Capon. So, yeah. And what a surprise. And, and the people that have frequented this place numerous times have been uh, both police commissioners. The, Suwell, uh, Commissioner Suwell was in my lawsuit. She terminated me. And Caban. Police Commissioner Caban, Eddie Caban, who's his brother, Richie, owns the place. He's constantly pictured there. The mayor of New York City, who stated that we don't discard people when I when we brought up the Cardi B incident in our press conference. Somebody brought that up and he said that. Uh, Assembly Leader Carl Hasty, New York State Assembly Leader Carl Hasty, New York Attorney General Letitia James. What are they doing associating with a criminal who's a mob associate and in this place? And Charles. This place has a party room. Now, in New York, you have to have, you know, the building plans, uh, you know, I have to give over building plans to the Department of Buildings, the fire inspection, and so on and so forth. So, obviously, to get the liquor license, Jimmy Rodriguez can never get that. 
So who's on the liquor license, the SLA license? Richie Caban. On the day that they came, you know, you could look this up. It's in the Department of Buildings in New York. You could look this up, look up the violation. They received a violation that stated that they had to tear down this party room, the structure they have outside. It's uh, like, a, a, I don't know, it's 50 by 100. It's some kind of structure. And they uh, say that that's a party room for them. Now, it says it in fine red print that even though you pay the fine, which they pay the fine, that does not absolve the violation. It's still open. It's still open if you look right now. So how in the world, Charles, did this place get away with staying open and having all these parties where all these cops, commissioners, chiefs, Eric Adams, uh, Carl Hasty, Letitia, Letitia James are always there. Yet this place was operating with no certificate of occupancy because the certificate obviously for the, for the uh, party room doesn't exist. So they conned everybody. And now people were patronizing this place where I don't know. I, mean, I don't know what they could even hold. Is it 200 people, 400 people? They're cramming everybody in. They're all having a party. And that structure was deemed unsafe. It's a public safety hazard. And they've been making money since June 2022. I don't know what's going on at this place or, or what Eric Adams or what their involvement is, but I know one thing. Richie Caban is the liquor license holder. He's the brother of the police commissioner. And somehow no one's inspected his place. And he's been allowed to operate illegally since June of 2022. And I'm the bad guy because I'm Roger Stone's friend. Right, exactly, exactly. Well, this criminal association clause seems like it's it's nonsense. I mean, you're for God's sake, you are in working in law enforcement. Your job puts you in the presence of criminals daily, right? You have to have some sort of criminal association. But I'm curious about this. What is the word on the street uh, from NYPD officers about Eric Adams? Because I have not heard good things about this guy. I'm not surprised when I see somebody elevated to a position of high power. Um, but what are, what did, what were your guys talking about when, while you were there about the role of Eric Adams and who is this guy? Well, I want this on record. I voted for Curtis Sliwa. So I voted for Curtis Sliwa in the primary. Now, the second part of that question is what everyone, what in the beginning, uh, when he was elected, people said, all right, look, Eric was a cop. Now we know about his very, very, uh, we'll say dark or clouded history as a cop. And so we, I said, okay, give him a chance. Let's see how he does. I saw his the questionable people he put in his administration, like Timothy Pearson, like Philip Banks, who was an unindicted co-conspirator. He has like the three payaso, we call them, because they like to go to Concert Frito together. So, you know, I said, give him a chance. Let's see what happens. And the cops kind of did the same thing. But a lot of them said, Sal, you're, you're, you're very mistaken. You'll see. And as time went on, we saw that, you know, it, it's just this guy's all about himself. You know, he really... He will use the, the police and he puts it in the front saying, oh, I'm a pro police. I'm he, he's all he only cares about one thing, Eric Adams. What about about lining his pockets and how he looks in the public? Because he's never seen a camera he doesn't want to be in front of either. So this is this has been his whole MO, his whole career. The guy's been corrupt from his days as a cop when he was bodyguarding for criminals and felons. And he got away with that. And he's associating with criminals. He did the same thing when he was in the state Senate. He was investigated for the race uh, casino scandal. Uh, somehow he didn't go to prison, but all his friends did. Uh, then uh, now as you find, come to find out as a Brooklyn Borough president, 
he he's taking money or he's involved in, in a foreign nation, Turkey taking donations from a, from a foreign government, and he's just the Brooklyn Borough president. And and then now as the mayor, he's continuing this this line this this line of corruption because he's doing the same thing, having fundraisers, this questionable uh, fundraising tactics, uh, the inspection thing where he's getting inspections done. We'll say for the Turkish embassy and having those gentlemen involved. And yet in Concerfrito's case, that place is not getting any inspection somehow. So this guy is in a cloud of controversy his whole life. And the cops, basically those veterans and people that retired told me, I told you so. So I, in the beginning, gave him a chance and quickly saw he is everything that everybody said he is. But I was at least willing to give him a chance, you know, the first 90 days. Well, that's very big of you to give him a chance. I would have, I would have never, you know, I would have never trusted any, anybody that comes up through the ranks and and is the the chosen one like he is. And and of course, we've watched his policies. We've watched his 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 um, sanctuary city policies that are going to cost the city of New York twelve billion dollars over the next three years. A billion dollars just in hotel rooms. This is unsustainable. What could you guys at the NYPD have done with an extra billion dollars every year to to run your operations? I mean, it seems to me like a colossal waste of time. But this this also feels like what you have to do if they tap you to become the mayor of New York City, right? You've got to you've got to get in there and 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 do the bidding of the of the the crime family above you. This the the federal government. So um, Eric Adams feels like another one of these guys that just sort of rode this wave, and they say, listen, you know, maybe when he was collecting money in the back of these uh, these party rooms, they were saying. You know, you're going to need to go our way on a couple of these uh, a couple of these decisions if you know it's good for you, right? I mean, I, I I've watched the Seven Five. I know what was going on in New York back in the '80s. You know, I know what's what's happening. I mean, I, it, has it been cleaned up, or is that just the appearance from the outside? I mean, is it still dirty at the top of this uh, organization? Well, you know, Rudy Giuliani said it best a couple of days ago, at least I think a week or two ago. He said the default position of New York City is corruption. And that's where you're back to. Mm -hmm. And Eric Adams, who as the mayor, you should be fiscally conservative, especially when you have a rising debt because of this migrant crisis, which, by the way, Eric Adams uh, invited the migrants. People seem to forget that he was at the buses shaking hands uh, a year ago. And now he he put his executive order that you can't you can't have the buses in. You have to. So now you know what they're doing. They're bypassing that by uh, sending the bus to Jersey, and then the cops over there, whether it's in Secaucus or Jersey City, they're putting them on a train or uh, the train or, or into uh, the tunnel there. So <laughs> they're still getting them in the, in the Port Authority. You can't just bypass that. And that's what the guy's a joke. Okay, he has no. The city council is laughing at him. Uh, they can pass any bill they want. It's veto proof it doesn't matter what he says everybody he's completely since this fbi investigation he has collapsed politically i believe his political career he doesn't have much you know uh left there we'll say and you know as far as this whole migrant crisis thing he's mismanagement uh also when it comes to being fiscally conservative which he's not he has a lot of kickbacks he has a lot of friends there's a lot of business deals that he's done you know i mean like he's always talking about the the laundry at the at the hotels for the migrants does he have a contract with those people because it came out that there was something going on that was kind of fishy with that so whenever you hear him talk he talks out of both sides of his mouth this guy is 
a con man of all con men. Like I said, the three payasos, him, Timothy Pearson, and Philip Banks. Don't ever believe anything you hear out of their mouths. I certainly won't. Um, I'm curious, though, how does this story end for you? Because you have a lawsuit, or have you filed your lawsuit against the city of New York for for um, um, for your case? Because this seems like you have been railroaded by some really corrupt people. Yeah. But uh, but the, but it also the game isn't over yet. How is this thing going to end for you? Well, I'm not going to give up until we're going to see this through. It's it, it's going to end. It has to end one of two ways. Either we come to some kind of an agreement, or we're going to go to trial. And it's get, it really looks like we're going to go to trial because, you know, Eric and the city is hell-bent and they always write about everything. But how do you defend what I just told you before? Because it's, it, you know, it's beyond a double standard. You have some corruption going on in this place. And by the way, before, during, and after my, my uh, termination, they were all doing this with this gentleman, Jimmy Rodriguez. But now you're focusing on the cabans because the two brothers that are involved in this place – He's the police commissioner. They, I mean, I don't know how this guy has a liquor license when you have no CFO in your party room. And this is all a fact. And people, if they look at me and say, oh, well, you're just saying that, Sal. You want to throw fire. You want to throw some lighter fluid on this. No, actually go to Department of Buildings. Look up the address, 1315 Commerce Avenue. And I believe the corporation has the same exact name. You can see it for yourself. He does not have a CFO in his little party room with his structure that's outside, meaning I don't know how he had his liquor license this whole time. And but listen, with Eric Adams, is any of this surprise you? Charles, is it really surprising to hear anything like this? And this is why cops no, don't trust him. And the majority of cops do not like Eric, nor do they like this regime, meaning Eddie Caban, Jeffrey Madry, the chief of department, John Shell, the chief of patrol, and this clown they have as assistant commissioner, deputy commissioner, Kaz Daudry, who I worked with as a cop. I don't know what happened to this guy. This guy went south. He, he's running around like Robocop telling everyone what to do. He's really disrespectful with people. And I, I thought a lot better of this guy. But you know, people when they have a little power, the real, the real, the real person comes out to say. It certainly does. And and it, as soon as they saw you with Roger Stone, they oh, put a target yeah. on you, right? I mean, the minute they saw that, because that's the team that they find to be uncontrollable. And uh, and if they can't control them, then they want to um, to at least diminish your, their capacity. But I'm curious, where are you? Um, What's what does future hold for you? You're in Florida these days. Have you left New yeah, York? I'm living. Down, I'm down here in Florida. I'm scrapping things together. Try. I mean, it's not easy. Kit work yeah. is not easy when you have a pending lawsuit. Because remember, I don't have a good guy letter either. Because I was terminated. I need to get my good standing letter. I need to get all that stuff. I mean, I don't have a pension. I basically bankrupted. You know, because uh, you know, I've taken all my money out to even survive up to this point. Pay all these legal bills I have, and that's why people can go to SalGreco.com. You can click the support button if you feel inclined to, to support me in, in any which way, because look, I really appreciate it. It really helps me. Also, you could buy a shirt there. You could buy some items and that, that helps me as well. But I'm scrapping things together to try to, you know, move forward here. And then, uh, you know what? I'm hoping I uh, maybe I could host my own show and let people know on a daily or weekly basis uh, the corruption you see around here, because I have my own views on the on the world and my own views on things. And I think you should listen to what I say because maybe it'll make some sense coming from. I mean, yeah, I'm a I'm a Trump guy. We understand. That. I'm yeah. a conservative. I'm more of a libertarian, but I am a conservative. But 
there's a lot of things I would like to comment on, including stuff like this Epstein, uh, this Epstein case and uh, other things that happen in the world. And I like to make people's attention focus on the little things and not so much the big things. It's little Things always start small and then grow big. That's Sal Greco, everybody. Go support him. Go show your appreciation to him for standing up against this machine. I'll be back tomorrow. Big thanks to Chris Yannick in the first uh, segment. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow, 2 p.m. Eastern. Come find me. Don't burn the place down while I'm gone, though, people. <laughs>